0: What up, world? What up, world? Back again. You know what it is, your boy. Big Excel.
1: It's your name spank,
0: and we are the Country Rap Report. All right, today is going to be a little different. You know, sometimes we give you our input, the things that's going on in the music industry, our beliefs, and generally we give you reviews, and we also give you interviews. Well, today we're going to be giving you an interview. But before we bring on our guest. Um, we're gonna chop it up a little bit about the late the last episode and how you know we get you gave out some very, very important information about telling artists to focus on that one percent and build from there. Right. And um, it's also the time of year where a lot of artists are happy and they're putting up their poll cards, they Spotify right. poll cards, and um after the show. I I probably thought about this for a large portion of 12 hours because a lot of times artists don't get it. And I and I understand because when you're creating, you want everybody to like your shit. But you also said in there everybody ain't going to like your shit. Right. Right. But even in us creating this, we want to be liked. We want people to accept us. We want people to be happy about the things we say to the point where there are some people that, you know, we've had to either bury the hatchet with, eat a little crow, or whatever the case may be. you ain't no crow fam. Well, bury the hatchet. In their back. That's what we going
1: to bury the hatchet at. Like- well, well, see,
0: <laughs> well, 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 see, now, now, see, now, you by feeling that way. You're, 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 you're already kind of proving my point. When people say despairing things, it's hard for us to make amends or feel like that was what was best for me.
1: Okay, okay, I, I follow you so far.
0: Um, so I don't, and I, chances are, like yesterday, we talked, we spoke on, we was talking about artist Spotify wrap ups. I think that's what's called. Correct, right, right, right. and. I took two artists who had low numbers, who posted their numbers, and I mentioned those two artists. Right. So I'm personally going to issue an apology, but I'm going to tell why I'm mm-hmm. issuing this apology. Okay. I want to apologize to Rolling Church and General James. Okay. Because I know both of you guys are aspiring artists and you're doing your thing. I don't want you to take because we took your numbers and make you guys feel belittled like we use your numbers as a kickdown or as something to pick on or talk about. I want to make it abundantly clear from my perspective. I just felt like with your num I know you're proud of those numbers and I know those numbers are better numbers than you guys had last year. I'm just not sure. If from an artist's perspective and from a consumer perspective, if, if posting those numbers was the best thing for you as an artist because most people don't gravitate to things that are low. Agree, especially in the music industry. You know, it's kind of like we you're proud. That's your proud moment. Share it with yourself with your inner crew. I just feel like when people see those numbers, they're going, they're going to be like, why should I listen to this guy as opposed to this guy 'Cause he has better numbers. So if I was managing either one of you guys, I would tell both of you guys to definitely keep grinding, but share those numbers with your inner circle because future fans might feel like I ain't rocking with it because no one else is rocking with
1: it. And and that that is accurate. And that and, that, and this is how you can and and to play devil's advocate with what you just said. Um and you and I think you used the example yesterday when we were talking. Imagine if you go on YouTube and there is a, a video, and this video only has 10 views on it. You know, you, it's a pretty good chance you're not going to be the 11th person to watch it because it only has 10 views. But if you go on this video, on go on YouTube, and it has 10 million views on it, it's a pretty good chance you're going to click on it because the numbers play that role. And this, is, this goes back to some advertising and marketing stuff that we had talked about with the trolls. Um, the numbers do matter. Num- numbers matter when it, when when it, when you are in an influential space as we are, because one we're media, and two we're in music media, and music is all about a popularity contest. So those popularities are gauged by numbers. So if you are not as popular, quote unquote, then people tend to not gravitate towards you. So you have to put in mechanisms to. Get to those numbers or appear to be there so it can turn into real numbers or real influence and real eyes being on you. Like the, I'm, not, I, I didn't think you said anything negative yesterday. You know, I'm thinking either one of us did, but I mean, we might, we did say like you might not have should have posted it, but it was coming from a managerial experience from both of us, you know, I, for, just I, because of the look.
0: No, we know why we did it.
1: Right, right, right.
0: There's other artists that we review and we gave every critique. Matter of fact, sometimes we'll do these reviews, right? Right. And say if you go first, right? If I see that you're saying some things that are not viewed as favorable, right? Right. And say I have those same points on my paper. When I speak, I will leave those points out because I don't want to double women. Right. You feel what I'm saying? Because I know people take their shit serious and they all feel beat up. Um, I remember a young artist that we reviewed episodes ago and his family was upset every time I about having us pull the video down. And bro, real talk, we never said this guy didn't have talent. We never offered things that he should do when it comes to his age demographic as far as getting him exposure. We say we said all kind of positive things that they could be building on, Right. they only gravitated towards the negative right so the reason i'm issuing the apology is because i don't want general jameson or rolling church to gravitate towards the negative and and just truthfully hear what we're saying that can be pivotal 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 (laughs) pivotal to your career because we're here for everybody like even me like people who took shots at us i don't have a problem putting them on this platform. I don't have a problem discussing how we feel publicly, All because right. again, it's a platform. Just like we made a video months back, every a lot of people upset us about this video months back. But we stated this. What, our,
1: which one? Which one? We've done so many.
0: I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say. Not gonna okay. Say, I don't want to. I don't want to pull no scabs out. Okay. Because when I keep talking, then you know what I'm talking. About. Okay. We made this video, and we basically gave our review, our reaction of a video that was publicly posted. And our opinions wasn't favorable because they were fans of those people. Right. So then most people who liked those people didn't hear not one positive thing we said because they only gravitated towards the negative. So the apology I'm issuing is because we are in this to create networking opportunities, build a fan base and get our lives as well as artist lives to the next level. So just because we might point towards something that we don't agree with, it doesn't mean that we're shitting, disrespecting, or doxing your career. Right. And I just want that to be clear going into the new year because I know we can't do a show and like everything. Because we like everything, then y'all can be like, that's some bullshit. They don't like everything. Right. So we want to be generous. I just don't want those guys. I know those guys are young. And I know when you're young, you be very combative. And you, when someone said they don't like your shit, you can't, your judgment is like, man, fuck them. When I see them, it's on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And the funny thing is, both those, I wouldn't even know their numbers if I didn't follow them. Right. So I follow them because I respect what they, their crap. I just, again, before we bring our guests on, I want to reiterate me, if I was handling your career, I would have told you, don't post those numbers. I don't give a fuck if every other artist is posting their numbers. Don't. There's a reason that the bigger artists don't post that shit. There's a reason that you won't see church posting that shit. You ain't gonna see Adam posting that shit. Because they don't even know what the gauge is. Right. You feel what I'm saying? Adam posts his, say post his numbers and wow, my numbers aren't as big as it sticks. Right. How does he look now? Right. You know what I'm saying? Or say Church posts his numbers and his numbers is not bigger. as shotgun Shane. Right. Or or Justin Time posts his numbers and shotgun Shane numbers are bigger. Now, how does Justin Time look? A guy who's trolled shotgun Shane for damn near 12 whole months. Right. And shotgun Shane got better Spotify numbers. How does he look? Yes, he's going to say all oh, people buying the numbers, but to the court of public opinion, he would look like he took an L. So sometimes celebrate your victory in silence. Makes shout out to Tom McDonald, two hundred and six million streams on Spotify. Damn, two
1: hundred and six times four thousand. That's that's your number to play with
0: on Spotify. On that's on Spotify. That's yeah, that's Spotify only. Remember yeah, to do that that with the YouTube numbers. That's I'm
1: going to play with them. Let me see what they look like. Do you
0: want to play with it? Do you want to go ahead and bring the guests on?
1: 206. Hold on. Times 4,000. That's $824,000 just on Spotify. Just on Spotify streams.
0: And, now, he didn't, and the funny thing is, I'm going I'm to check real quick before we bring the guests on. Okay. Okay.
2: Because
0: I did. not and, and he didn't post it on um he didn't post it on IG like most people are doing. Um, he posted it. Let me double check. Oh, he has now. It's on IG now. Actually, I'm okay. sorry. I'm sorry. I inflated his number. My apologies.
1: You said 206? Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, what is it? 201.9. No, so what the- <laughs> still, you know, what's a couple thousand more? or less it don't matter he's still Uh, in a a different stratosphere
0: 5.5 million listeners now going back to what i said before i bring our guests you see these numbers right imagine eminem posting his and his is 150 million how does he look
1: like a lame
0: right right yeah so now, if I'm an independent artist, I got two hundred million. Hell yeah, I'm gonna put this penis in your face,
1: right? Because <laughs> it's some majors out that ain't getting there right now, right? <laughs>
0: right. But there's a reason everybody in the history of Spotify is not posting their year end number, right? Because they can't gauge it. All right, now before I bring on our guest, man, we got SMG, SMG Jimmy, about to join the show. Okay. All right, ladies and boys and girls, I'm gonna bring my guy in. Um, hopefully, again, you know, that was for General Jamison and Rolling Church. Hopefully, the people who tagged them in the last episode will tag them in this episode for, um, you know, things don't get, up, get ugly and they won't be upset. What's All up, right. man? What's up, Jimmy? What's going on, man? How y'all living? Man, Maintaining, maintaining. First and foremost, we just did introduce you. But again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we got SMG Jimmy. In the building. Got What's the going
1: on? Look at the bling! Look at the bling yeah. over there, bro! You know? Look yeah. at the bling! Oh, oh. shit! <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do I need to we, get up and get my my whole whole chain?
1: We we gonna have to get some bling. No man, I
0: got I
2: got
1: I
0: got a chain. It's for the holiday season. It just says ho ho ho. It's for oh, all my go. exes, for all my exes.
3: Oh, oh damn.
0: All right, so, so man, look, here, here, here look for
3: you. I've been there, I've been there my damn self. <laughs> yeah.
0: I done had to um, you know, I, I
3: my my jersey is up in the Raptor, in the Raptors in some places. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We got a couple of those spots out here in Chicago. I think the SMG, the whole the whole squad, we out there. I think oceans and shit Atlantis, all those spots out here. So No
0: doubt, no doubt. So look, my guy, first and foremost, man, I want to say welcome to the show. We're both humbled welcome. to have you here to chop it up with us.
3: Man, I'm grateful that y'all was having me on, man. Thank you.
0: Okay. Now, let's get into it, because the first thing is two questions I've been wanting to ask immediately. Okay. Number one is, where are you from? Where do you hail from?
3: Chicago. Chicagoland area, outskirts of Chicago, either in the city or outside the city my whole life until I got to about 20 years old. Went out to AZ, uh left AZ Phoenix area, moved out to LA. First, I was in East LA. Then I was in uh, like mid-city area, ended up in Beverly Hills before we left out of there. Then we went to, I was in Vegas thinking I was a professional gambler for a little bit <laughs> and uh, got out of Vegas, ended up in Miami for about six months and then got back to Chicago. God damn, man, you traveled around like you was in the military. Yeah, it was, a yeah, pretty much only, yeah, it was some some type of that stuff, only no military, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> no doubt no doubt and
0: the next thing i that was on the top of my list is the smg
3: what is that an acronym for is it an acronym so it's it's an acronym for syndicate music group uh we started it you know my my best friend started a label out here about i want to say two years ago three years ago now um i've been doing music my whole life kind of doing the battle thing coming up but he was you know we was out in la together we lived together homie Came back, started a roofing company. Ended up doing you know, a wanted to do a a record label. So he hit me up. He's like, I don't really know much about music, but I want to do a record label. You know, let's go get a studio and get a spot set up out here. I was like, man, I'm with it. So we pulled up. You know, we found a nice little location. We built a little studio over there. Um, you know, got got a license for a business and all that stuff. Started booking booking hours and doing stuff like that. And then he decided he wanted to start doing the label thing. So he came to me with that and he was like, man, I got two artists I want to sign you know, I'm, I'm going to do that, blah, blah, blah. I was like, awesome, do it. You know what I mean? So he ended up signing an artist named Too Clean and an artist named Magic. They started pumping their stuff and everything was going well for them and things shit's still going well for them. They're, they're killing it. Magic's super fire. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, I, I kind of saw it and loving music and being a freestyle battle rapper, I finally got my ass in the studio and instead of just being a battle rapper that couldn't make a song, I finally figured out a way to make a song in the studio throughout that time. And uh yeah, I just decided to go ahead and do it myself. I started my own little LLC thing. You know, I'm still, you know, close with all them, but I got my own little LLC thing for what I'm doing. Um and yeah, I'm running. You know what I mean? So I've just started up, got some, got some music made, starting to put it out, and that's the situation. It's the guy chasing the dream, you know what I mean?
0: No doubt, no doubt. Now you just said something very, very interesting that resonates with me, because I'm a huge battle rap fan. Okay. Um why do you think, and and the battle rap culture is, man, rising like rapidly on a daily basis, man. You got like pay apps and you got like, you know, smack king of the dot. Like that's a very lucrative career for a lot of people. But you said something that resonated with me and that's been like an age-old adjective. Why do you think battle rappers abused
3: to not be able to make good songs? Honestly, I think it's lack of studio time. I think none of them build their own studios. I don't think they put themselves on a microphone enough. I think if if they really took and just sat there on a microphone for a year or two and learned how to manipulate their voice and learned how to do whatever it took to actually make their sound come through on the microphone the right way, then I think that they would all be killers. But I don't think any of them really, most freestyle rappers are the guys that just want to you know, they get high around their homies and they start rapping. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, it's not, it's not really, it's not really, the guys aren't really taking the, the, you know, especially with the battle rap thing. Those guys take it seriously at the top levels, but like when they're doing that, they're writing 70 pages of freaking material for one battle nowadays. They're hour long battles. It's crazy. You know what I mean? So it's like, I mean, where, where do you got the time to go, go get in the studio and put the hours it takes to really learn yourself on the mic? I mean, that was, that was the case for me. I, I used to always be freestyling and rapping and being around everybody and believing in myself as a, as, as a musician, but never had the, the funds first off in the beginning, and then it was, you know, never had the drive to go sit in front of a studio. Because, you know, the first couple of times you hear yourself on a mic as a battle rapper, you're like, what the fuck? This is not what I – I mean, this is trash. You know what I mean? Like, and it'll discourage a lot of them because they're like, okay, first time anybody hears themselves on a mic. I don't care. Unless you're a singer, singer, like, with just natural gifted talents, like, you're going to sound like trash. You know what I'm saying? Unless you learn how to get your sound and figure that out. You know what I mean? And in my opinion, this is, I, you know, who am I? You know what I mean? So,
0: no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. I definitely, um, there's just been a stigma from cannabis to, Like you have very few battle rappers that's made successful records, and that's always been weird to me. But I think that's a good explanation, you know, on why because they spend so much time penning the battles and penning the lyrics for the battles. They're probably they don't have to record it; they just do that shit and recite it and learn it. So I definitely get it. I definitely get it.
1: But does the the culture follow them though? Like the the people that follow battle rap, when they start making song songs, do they? translate do they move over here
3: I'll be honest I did the battle rap thing I enjoy checking out the battle things from every once in a while but Mm -hmm. I I I follow more street rap and stuff like that as far as what I'm listening to in my music and stuff like that you know I I also like I love country I love rock and roll I love grunge I love grunge music I love old school industrial metal I mean there's a whole bunch of stuff that I love but it's just the R&B you know it's just uh I think that you know you're not looking at a battle for the same reason you're looking at, listening to a song. Right. I feel right. like the Markets are just, too. it's like, battles translate more to like a UFC thing to me. Yes. Than they, than yes. they do the music industry, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I definitely, I definitely can, because it's almost like a sport.
3: Yeah, it's like you pit two guys against each other, you want to know the backstories about both the guys, and you want to see them fight, you know what I mean? Whether yeah. it's with words or with fists, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's the same thing. So, I mean, that's, I, I think it's just a totally different industry model.
1: Yeah. Well, I've, I've never been, I'm not a huge fan of the battle rap leagues, but I, I do follow a couple of folks just because they were former clients. But when I was never impressed, If I'll now say that, like I, would, I, I hear about all the accolades over there on the battle rap side. But then when I hear them on wax, I'm like, bro, you, this is <laughs> it's just average. Like what, what, what made you so great? Cause I'm not hearing it here, but it, the second somebody disses them and there's beef, <laughs> <hearing. It's> like, <laughs> then I hear it. Then it's all there. So they, they need, they need something like that to keep them motivated. You know, maybe they can do the beast and put them on records and then put it out there and we can buy it that way. But I'm not getting the translation from battle rapper over to whatever you're doing, whether it's core rap or whatever it is, but, I I just don't see a lot of translations, especially in sales, uh, yeah, for for a lot of these guys.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, it might be the fact that you know some of them just can't make a song. You know what I mean? Like there's right. a lot of there's a lot of musician musicians that can't make a damn song. You know what I mean? True, that is true. All right, now let's let's
0: talk a little bit about your transition because you mentioned you mentioned your your guy starting his label and you ventured off to create your situation. What was that transition like for you going from, hey, I freestyle I battle, but now I'm going to take this thing serious
3: as well as be a CEO. I I always took everything in my life pretty seriously. I was always in some pretty serious situations. So it was like I had to, I took everything really serious. And I was always very, I try to be very professional about situations. So it's like, um, I just, I just kind of looked at it from a business standpoint. And a lot of the time, the the reason I didn't jump at it is because I never saw how it transitioned without a huge bag behind you. You know what I mean? Like, unless I was spending, you know, X amount of dollars, how the hell do you have a chance to make it? You know what I mean? And to me, that was what deterred me a lot of the time. Um, And I was just kind of like, I I was never really, I was always interested in, you know, furthering my life at the time and making sure that I was good and making sure I wasn't starving. You know what I mean? And so it was kind of, I was more focused on that with my life aspect while I was always just making music though. Like I just never left. There was just situations in my life that come up that kind of kept it involved. And eventually I was just like, man, I'm going to hate myself if I don't take at least a shot. You know what I mean? And so I, this is, this is my shot. You know what I mean? Okay.
1: So um, what is your, what's your, I'm sorry, Vic, what, what's your recording process now? Like what do you get the beat first and then write, or do you just write and then go in and try to create? Or what's the process?
3: I mostly i I go in there. Uh, we run through beats, put a beat on, and I just kind of go in there and black out. You know, sometimes punch in. Sometimes I'll sit there and write for about twenty minutes. Most of the time, I'm trying to write a book. Right? Okay. It's, the, it's the singing stuff that I need to write a lot of the time. And right. once I have, once I have the vibe of what's going on, I'll either just go freestyle the whole verse, or I'll punch some of the verse. Um, the only times I'm really really writing down rap verses then like sitting there and going through it and making sure it's perfect bar for bar is kind of when I'm double timing. So okay. if, I'm doing, if I'm doing like a double time verse or something like that, then I'm going to get real in depth in it and make sure I'm not screwing up because I know I'm going to have to punch certain parts because, you know, otherwise it's not going to sound perfect on the microphone coming through. I mean, you could do it straight through, but you just right. Perfect, you know what I mean?
1: Do you think you being a former battle rapper, being, being an asset, um, because you, especially when you're doing all your punching in, you know, because all of that stuff when you've already trained your brain to, like, go ahead and quick think and you got yeah, the stuff I'm, already pre-done.
3: I'm an old cat, I guess. So I'm from, like, the freestyle era of battle. I'm from, like, the scribble jam. Like, when I was talking to all those battle guys and doing it, was, like, the beginning of grind time era. You mm. know what I mean? Mm. So okay. like, you know what I'm saying? We're talking about before Smack, before KOTD, before any of that stuff went around. I was out in okay. LA. I was at some Rock the Bell show. Um, I was with one of the homies. I was drunk. Um, they were doing they had like that second stage thing with the grind time stage. And okay. they were they were just like, okay, you know, they had the battles going and I was drunk and I just got up front somehow, started running my mouth. And you know, I got a big mouth sometimes. So I started running my mouth. They called me out the stage, and that's kind of how I got in. They called me up to the stage and said, take your shot. And I won the battle. So after I won the battle, they were just like, oh, shit, what the fuck kind of just happened? You know what I mean? So, <laughs> <laughs> so they kind of started messing. They gave me a chance to go do some more battles. and never really worked out like that. I did battles on the you know Chicagoland area for a long time. You know, that type of stuff. Was your battle rap name SMG Jimmy um, too? No. So I had like, I think every battle had a different name. What the fuck? I... I <laughs> I wasn't like doing it to brand myself. It was like they were also like nine month year apart type shit. By the time the next battle came around, it was like today I'm right. next day I'm freaking sheep wolf or something. <laughs> there was all sorts of names that I could go through. And where it was just like because I did the SMG thing, I had made my name on Instagram, SMG Jimmy out here. And you know, when magic started going up a little bit and people started knowing us at the clubs out there and stuff like that, you know, they would start calling me SMG Jimmy. I was like, ah, I got my name. Fuck yeah! I was
2: like,
3: hey, God, I don't have to with this no so more. I've named everybody else around me, but me, and no one named me the right way. So I was always by myself. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Gotcha. Now you you mentioned a wide
0: variety of music that you listen to. Yep. Where did that variety come from for you? Like, what what type of household were you growing up in that you heard all these
3: different forms of music? Pops was a blues guitarist, old school, Led Zeppelin. Oh, you
1: know? okay, okay. Coco okay.
3: Taylor. He used to play with Coco Taylor back in the day. Okay. Uh, okay. So it's like, you know, he's old school blues guitarist. Mom, you know, uh mom, you know, listens to Paula Abdul and, you know, uh Aretha Franklin and, you know, from Shania Twain on. You know what I mean? And then my brothers, you know, my older brothers, they were 10 years older I than me, they were troublemakers. So they put me on the Tupac and DMX. And, you know, back then it was you know, back then it was LL Cool J and, you know, stuff. Right. it was, you know, it was stuff like that, that. They put me on too. And I fell in love with Tupac and DMX, man. I, I got to be honest. When I was a kid, when I was a youngster, I fell in love with those two. I man, these dudes are different. I believed everything they said. So it was like, you know, it was one of those situations. Cool. All right. Now,
0: falling in love with DMX and Tupac, I don't know if you fanned out like me, because I found out like I love Onyx. So when okay. I fell in love with Onyx, the first thing I had to do was get that razor and get rid of these eyebrows and this hair. <laughs> at, at, at any given time, in your love of Tupac and DMX, did you ever just shave all the hair off? I No,
3: okay? Because, <laughs> <laughs> That's not the move. You know what I mean? For me, for me, it wasn't like an option. There was no, like, option to shave my head off. I definitely got the DMX chain, though. Are you kidding me? I was around walking with the dog collar on when I was in eighth grade, talking all sorts of shit, thinking I was a, thinking I was a stick-up boy. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I like think I'm walking around seventh grade daggling about to rob somebody. Because fucking DMX told me this is
0: wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, look, man. When I heard DMX tell the story of how I used to rob guys with this dog, yeah. I was yes. like, fuck, I, like, I should have been robbing these cats with
3: my damn gun. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell am I using a gun for? Yeah.
0: Like, oh <laughs>
3: damn. That eliminates a couple of charges. crazy. I think I read that. I read that about he was stealing cars just to go to school. I mean, that's a little intense. Like, I mean yeah. I, even for like just to go to school, you gonna steal a whip. Like, come yeah. on, man. Hey
0: man. Chill out.
3: Like, relax. He- he has to get a movie. He had, rest in peace, DMX. He has to get all a movie. Right, my, my favorite of all time. Like, I don't care what nobody says. That's that's my favorite. Might not be the best, whatever you want to argue the Buster's. That's cool. My favorite, no doubt. You know what I mean? All right, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. X, X had a real
1: personality. Like, it, it, whether he had the talent to compete with all the rest of them, he definitely had the personality that stuck out in like top 10 in yeah. history.
3: He was at a gas station cooking eggs, and I watched it for like 15 minutes on this video. I swear to God, it was, it was like, he was the most entertaining guy in the world. <laughs> if you ever get a chance, if you haven't heard it, and it's
0: the holiday season, if you go to YouTube, there is a version of DMX doing either I think it's Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. Have you ever Rainier. heard that? Yeah, yeah. Man, most entertaining, oh. funniest shit ever. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> rest in peace next, man.
3: all right I see guys. <laughs> like, for sure. For sure. Um
0: all right, so man, let's because again, saying like I can freestyle, saying or having the ambition to do this shit, but doing it, those that one is this side, one is this side. Like, Real. what made you say, you know what, not only am I gonna do it, I'm gonna take it serious, and I'm gonna, and I'm gonna change my life with it? Like, how did that formulate and what was those steps like?
3: There was never a point in time in my life where I didn't know at some point I had to do this. Uh, It was one of those situations where it was like, I ain't going to live with regret like that. You know what I mean? Like, I I done put too much work into this. for the past. Even when I wasn't doing it, I was watching it, learning about it, figuring out, you know, the ways to move on the business side of things, figuring out the ways to move on the audio side of things. Because, I mean, I wasn't a producer. I didn't know how to get a beat. I didn't know how to do vocal mixing. I didn't know how to do any of that stuff. You know, freaking, I, I listen to what Spank talks about on, on the Country Rap Report all the time. I know Spank knows how many engineers you got to go through before you find one that can actually get the job done. You know what, yeah. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I met AQ running back over at the hit shop out here. It was like the biggest blessing that ever happened to me. He taught me some stuff. We created a sound together. And as soon as that happened, it was like, okay, it's time to go. It's go time. You know, we you know put my feelers out to see if anybody was fucking with it people kind of liked it I was like okay it's worth taking a shot then all right let's go look for some investors and let's figure this out you know what I mean no
0: doubt no doubt no doubt no doubt now our first introduction to you was um drip dripped in blood the mm-hmm.
1: the the goth the whatever the hell that was what was the girl with no booty that one that what was that oh now <laughs> it might be it might
2: be a oh, hey, hey man, man seen that
0: shit. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to us about talk to us about that record, like the cut- con- because I'm gonna be honest when I seen the title mm-hmm. when i seen the thumbnail oh, it was gosh- i was I wasn't sure if you was gonna be a gospel <laughs> rapper,
2: yeah
0: or a golf rapper, yeah, and it turned I- out that you're neither.
3: man i'm everything dude i don't i don't know what i am i just do what speaks i'm one of those guys you know i believe that music has to connect to an emotion i don't like music that has no emotion in it like it better either tell me a story or has some sort of emotion otherwise i'm not i'm not trying to hear it i was that guy i was the club banger hater guy growing up i was oh man this has no feeling in it you know what i mean that's that's, that was, that was my, that was my stuff. But it's, so it's like, all I, I don't know which genre I'm in half the time. It could be rock. It could be straight country rap. It could be straight country. I got songs like almost banned from to straight, like, you know, NF, MGK style stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's all, but it all, when you hear it all, it'll all kind of tie together. Like it's not, it's not me going off in tangents. It, it ties together at the end of it. I believe, I, I believe that at least. Okay.
0: I got to ask is the
3: lady is that your wife is that your significant other that's the homie which 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 that's this that's the the homie that's all okay Okay. Chloe Chloe the homie you know I got I I got uh yeah she was really cool you know she's got a big following and stuff like that she was willing to come she heard the record she liked the record you know she was from you know I used to live out in LA she knew me she's like man I'll come shoot the video with you that shit's dope so she showed a lot of love you know Shit, I ain't got no following or nothing like that. Starting off, I'm I ain't even used social media until you know four or five months ago. I tried to stay away from cameras, you know what I mean. So it was like I'm just getting used to all that part of it. But she showed me love. She came out, and shot the video for me. You know, uh, was super cool about the whole situation. There's another there's another homie named Amanda Paris. We did a record together. It's coming out soon. She came and shot one of my other videos for me, and it's like, it's. I mean, they just showed love. I, I sent the music out, and people just showed me a lot of love. I'm I've, I've giving given a lot of love from a lot of people, from Big Buzz to Struggle Jennings, you know, Jelly Roll, all these people that are showing love. It's been crazy to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, that
0: was going to be my next question. I wanted to talk
3: about the the Outlaw record with Struggle and Big
0: Buzz. First thing I gotta say is, don't be mad at us. No that video ain't out yet. I can't. Re- I don't know if that show is aired, oh, but uh, uh, so we- okay. No, we didn't say anything negative, but I, I did ask about your beard.
3: Oh yeah, how the hell do you not? <laughs> <laughs> what, do you think I to be mad at you for calling a spade a spade? Come on, man. <laughs> no, <laughs> people get I'm mad like, about shit. I had a beard in half of it. I'm fat in half of it. I'm skinny in the other half of it. No sense, man. That video. That video was an interesting situation getting shot. We we had to reshoot it three times. We had a first video. We had a whole different video we tried to shoot, right? And that got done. Then something happened with it, and never got the footage. All this crazy shit because I I was traveling to Nashville just to just to get these videos shot. You know what I mean? Right. And just a whole bunch of crazy stuff. We eventually ended up with a adult dude named Payboy. He's you know he ended up doing adult. We had to shoot a couple of scenes in scattered locations because man, struggle showed so much love. Dude, he showed up like three times to fucking help us get this shit done, and it was like we kept fucking it up. So it's like, how are we gonna, like, you know, I, yeah, we had to, we had to do some goofy shit. The timeline was weird. You called it, that's why I was like, man, that was just way too accurate right here. Spanks over here saying what I did, sending the verses, and how the verses got did with producer just calling it perfectly. Freaking, like, you're, I didn't know what to do.
0: But it's, it's a dope record, man. What was it like? First of all.
1: Yeah, that was episode 108, It's out. It's yeah,
3: i just seen it. I seen it yesterday. I watched it. I, I was laughing my ass <laughs> off. I was like, of course. What was it like working with like an icon
0: like Struggle? Because like, Struggle has definitely earned his stripes because initially when we started hearing about Struggle, there was no country rap genre. Yeah, absolutely. So right. this guy was just a descendant of, of, of Waylon and just making his bones in the hip-hop industry And then all of a sudden here comes this genre of country rap and he's being embraced and getting the numbers and the accolades that he deserves for his talent. What's it like working with a gentleman like him? And what's it like working with a beast on that microphone, like big buzz?
3: So that was what I was going to start with. Like big buzz is a maniac and the greatest human being I've ever known in my entire life. I fucking love that man. You know what I mean? He showed me nothing but love. He's the reason that I was able to get that in the hands of struggle you know what I mean? He's the he's the one that really helped me make those. He's the one that got struggle to show up and you know do the videos and all that stuff. Big Buzz really you know brought me on tour with the Lacks with him. I, I man. Oh wow.
2: Nothing,
3: you know nothing but love to fucking Big Buzz. You know what I'm saying? That guy could have been nothing but a giant maniac blessing. You know what I mean? Like so that's you know that's all I can say about Big Buzz. Struggle struggle was super professional. Super, you know, he gave me a fire verse on the track. I, I didn't know what to say after I got that. I was like, okay, whoa, okay. So you showed real love by giving me this verse. And then he showed up for a video to shoot the video. You know, shouted us out on on his Instagram one time. It was really cool. You know what I mean? So it was, I, I I don't know. I felt blessed. You know, it was a blessing to work with these people. You know, I don't. You know, it's nothing other than that. You know. No. I actually didn't know what country rap was when I showed up with a bunch of country rap songs, to be honest with you. Country rap
1: still know doesn't know rap. what country rap is. Yeah, you know.
3: I never, I I was listening to, you know, Polo G and Lil TJ and stuff like that, and then right. someone, showed me, someone showed me, you know, I was making the same songs that you're hearing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then I got shown Jelly Roll, and I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is different. I was like, okay, <laughs> this man's serious with this shit, you know what right. I mean? right whoa you know what I mean like and yeah I fell in love with it fell in love with it started learning all about it Lo- you know fell in love with a whole bunch of the artists you know what I mean and it's so much different than you know the street rap industry it's
1: well awesome. but it's because they're making the music that you said that you like to make this so heartfelt that you're touching the, some sort of emotional string wherever that yeah. is on the emotional spectrum like this music is all about that it's not about the glitz and the glamour and the, all the other fake shit that's in poor hip hop. Like this is exactly. real music over here.
3: Yeah. And it's, and, and that's what I respect. You know what I mean? That's, that's what I loved about it. And it drew me to it. Soul blues, Southern rock is, you know, that was in like the, what I was doing, making music before I knew what it was. So it's kind of right. like, it's all just kind of what I felt, you know what I mean? Type stuff. It's, I don't really have an explanation to how it all pieced together the way it did, but it just kind of happened like that.
0: Um, on your Instagram, I seen you on stage with Jelly Roll. Like,
3: what was that like? Ah, it's amazing working with him. That's, that's another person that, you know, I don't want to say too much about what's what's coming in the future, but, you know, he's definitely, he's been another just absolute blessing in my life. Like, you know, he showed up, heard, heard a record, jumped on a record with me. And then, you know, it was kind of like one of those, okay, I'm gonna get a feature from somebody. Does he care? Does he not care? He's such a big name. It's like, you know, he might just send me a record and not give a shit about it after that. You know what I mean? This man, you know, spent hours on the phone with me explaining, you know, helped me strategize and going through the phone when I didn't have the video situation right with Outlaw. He brought the dopest team, video team, and, and great people, Ryan Hood, and, and Def, and Jarvis, and Jonathan, introduced me to all of them, and you know, it was just phenomenal, you know what I mean? And got me a great video shot, and really has been nothing but a blessing, you know what I mean? Another person that's just been, heard the music, and showed just nothing but love, you know? Helping an independent artist out, and a dude of his stature, I, don't, I ain't nobody, I don't know nobody. I coming from Chicago, just like, man, I got these tracks. I mean, that was how it was. You know what I mean? So it's you've been
1: in the room with, with two icons, fam. Like, yeah, I, 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 You don't oh. bypass a whole lot of other people, you know, to, to, And it's that's a that's a huge blessing. Hopefully, hopefully you're absorbing all of this and, and learning from definitely those two, because um, they are the staples in the industry.
3: A lot of these dudes make a song and put out a track and think it's like, I'm just going to put my music out there like that. Hell no. You better be ready for this shit. Like, that's true. And that's, that's how true. I looked at it. Like I looked at it like that. I I made music 20 years ago there. I, ne- I never saw the light of day. And it never will. You know what okay. I mean? <laughs> 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 so it's just the whole point of, you know, I, I you have to feel like you're ready. And I, I developed it. I studied the industry. I studied how labels move. I looked at how all the majors moved and said, how do I move like them?